Well, praise the Lord one more time. He is still a friend of mine. He is still a friend of yours. And I do believe God is going to open up some doors. Listen, let me talk to you for a minute. I just want to give God the praise. Um, it is early in the morning, 7.30 in, in the morning. We, we just thank God uh, for another day. This is the, truly the day that the Lord has made. And we shall do something. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to rejoice and be glad therein. Now, it doesn't matter what um, the people say. It doesn't matter what your circumstances says. It always matters what the Lord said. Let me show you something real quick. Um, left off um, talking about David and how he defeated Goliath. And we first uh, was talking about how the prophet, the priest, the judge, Samuel, went to Jesse's house. For the Lord told Samuel, go to Jesse's house and I have provided me a king amongst his sons. Now at the time present time Saul is already the king but God said I rejected him and I rejected him because he has not been obedient but not only that he has not been repentant so I rejected him now so Saul had did some did something that God um, did not want him to do that's right and when, let me let me let's 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 go back then let me review this real quick then uh, let me let me read this. is First Samuel chapter fifteen. Let me show you what. First um, uh, Samuel chapter fifteen. Let me start reading the verse one because I'm going to review some real quick with you and show you how we got here. It says Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Now the God did anoint uh, Saul to be king. Now watch this. Thus said the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalekite did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way. And when he came up from Egypt, not go and smite Amalekite, and utterly destroy all that they have, and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, oxen, sheep, and camel, and ass. And so I gathered the people together and numbered them to telling him in two hundred thousand footmen and ten thousand men of Judah. And Saul came to the city of Amalekite and laid wait in the valley. And Saul said unto the Kenites, Go depart, get you up down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For ye show kindness in all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havaliah unto the comest to Shur. And sure is that over against Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive, and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag, and the best of the sheep, and the oxen, of the fatlings, and the lambs, and all that was good. And would not utterly destroy them, but everything that was vile and refused, they destroyed other. Now watch this. Um, according to the Bible in, in first, uh, Samuel chapter 15, and verse number 1, the, the prophet Samuel had already told um, Saul that he has to destroy everything, everybody. But according to the Bible, Saul and his men did what they wanted to do, and they didn't destroy every, everybody that the Lord told them to destroy because they thought it was it was good to keep. They thought it was good. Listen, whatever the enemy has, you don't want nothing the enemy has. It ain't good. The world may think it's good. You may think it's good. But you don't want nothing the world has. If God says, utterly destroy it, then you need to get rid of it. 
The problem is, is that when you go off what the world thinks, and when you go off what the world is um, believing that it's good, then you setting yourself up for failure. My God. So, can, can, I, can I give you something else? And watch this. And, and then let me review a little bit more. And then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he has turned back from following me, and have not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and, it, and he cried unto the Lord all night. Samuel cried unto the Lord all night because of what he, but what God has said about Saul. But listen, it don't matter who is interceding for you if God has rejected it. That's right. If God has is, is, is said, do something, and you have decided to do what you want to do, you got to repent. It don't matter about somebody else praying for you all night. Are you going to repent? Are you going to do the right thing? Let me show you something else. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul, come to Carmel. And behold, he set him up at place, and he, he is gone about, and passed on, and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. According to Saul, he believed he had um, performed the commandment of the Lord. But somebody told me a long time ago, incomplete obedience is disobedience. That's what they told me. And Samuel said, What meaneth then, then this bleeding of the sheep? In my ears, in the lowing of the oxen which I hear. And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people have spared the best of the sheep and of oxen to sacrifice to the Lord thy God. It don't matter about a bad sacrifice. It don't matter about an offering that God has rejected. It don't matter about an offering that, that God has, has done in the wrong way. Lord have mercy. But we feel like as long as we give them some little offering, but God said, no, you got to give me what I, I commanded thee. Now watch this. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord hath said to me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thy own sight, and wast thou made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed thee king over Israel, and the Lord sent unto thee a, a journey, and said, Go and utterly destroy their sinners and the Amalekites, and fight against them, and be consumed. Wherefore thou didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil? And did this evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said unto Samuel, Ye have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag, the king of Amalekites, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Listen, he still won't repent. He's still saying he has done the will of the Lord. And, and they're saying clearly to him, No, man, you have not done the will of the Lord. <laughs> wow. It don't matter what it is, you have to repent. And I, I call on everybody to repent right now. We have not done fully what the Lord has called us to do. But we repent. And we want to do better. Let me, let me can I show you something else. This is just review. Because I'm going to show you how we got here. And I'm called this David part two. And we'll do, we'll go to the book of First and Second Samuel. And to read some things. And maybe in Psalms also. And then we'll go into some other things. We'll see how long it's going to take. It may take the rest of the year, but we'll see what's up. Because we, what we're trying to do is we're trying to relate this. And we're going to uh, tie this all in a bow and send it all the way back to Jesus. Because that's where we're headed. Everything is going to connect to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let me, let me um, keep reading a little bit more. 
And Lord sent them a journey. Watch this, watch this. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst even inside the Lord. And yea, and Saul said unto Samuel, yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. Watch this. But the people took of the spoil. Now Saul is not taking responsibility. Now he's a king, but he's not taking responsibility. Now he's blaming the people for what's going on. So that's the difference. Uh, that, that, that reminds me of a lot of leaders today. A lot of pastors, a lot of leaders, a lot of different people with good titles. And nothing's never their fault. It's always the people. If something goes wrong, it's the people. But that's not what leadership is about. Leadership is about taking responsibility. Nobody wants to hear that. In these days and times. It's always the people. But leadership is hard because leadership is saying, oh, everything rises and falls on leadership. But Saul is trying to blame the people. But and Saul said unto Samuel, Yeah, watch this. But he said, But the people took of the spoil, sheep of the oxen, the chief of the things that which have been early destroyed, to sacrifice to the Lord thy God again, gal. It don't matter what you think is a good sacrifice that God told you to destroy. He is bringing a woman before the altar to marry, and God said, Wait a minute. He is bringing a man of God, a man, not a man, but a, a man of God, but a man before the altar to marry, and God said, Wait a minute. But you're figuring just because you don't sacrifice and don't, don't say I do and different things, I shouldn't get into that. I'm leading on. And Samuel said, Have the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, or as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken to the fat of rams. For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and adultery. Lord have mercy, help us. Help us not to hold on to our iniquity. Help us not to hold on to our adultery. Help us not to hold on to our stubbornness. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. He also hath rejected thee from being king. There he is. The Lord has rejected. The Lord has rejected. Oh my God. He has rejected Saul from being king. And that's why you see David. That's why you see Samuel now. And the last time I spoke to you about David, how Samuel had to go to Jesse's house. And the Lord said he has provided a king amongst Jesse's sons. He got him a replacement. See, you're not too cute that you can't be replaced. Not too anointed that God can't sit you down. Come on now. And that's what happened when, when Samuel went to Jesse's house. And, and the Lord said, well... I have a king among Jesse's sons. Jesse has eight sons. Jesse has all, and all Jesse's sons go before Saul. Seven of the sons of Jesse go before Saul. And let's go, excuse me, go before Samuel. And Samuel, and the Lord speaks to Samuel, saying, and well, I have rejected all these. And Samuel said, tells Jesse, well, the Lord has not chosen these. Do you have any other sons? He said, yeah, I got one, the youngest. I got another one, the youngest. I'll buy the sheep, though. You don't want him, do you? He ain't even invited. He got to attend the sheep. And Samuel says, well, you got to go get him. Because we cannot rest until he pass before me. And when David came before Samuel, the Lord said, this is him. Anoint him to be king of all Israel. He was in David now is anointed to be king and didn't even ask for the anointing. You have you so the, the most dangerous person to the enemy's kingdom is the one who 
didn't ask to be anointed. He didn't ask for the position. He didn't ask to be the pastor. He, he, all he wanted to do was to come in and be saved and fill up with the gift of the Holy Ghost and worship the Lord. My God. But now on the flip side of that, the, the, those who want to be anointed, those who want to spot, those who want to position, are some of the most dangerous people in the world because of how they um, conduct themselves. Usually when people um, don't want to be anointed, those are the people who are the most humble because they know it's not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And those who want the position, those who want to be the king, those who want to be the pastor, those who want to be the bishop, those who want those titles, those who want that, uh, usually that's those the person that's standing in their own strength. They think it's about them. Those are these people that usually might judge you out of the church, real heavy in tradition and religion, know a lot of Bible verses. But can't relate to people, forgetting where they came from, and stuff like that. <laughs> well, we used to have a. I said, stop laughing because there was a football coach back in the day in Detroit. He used to always say that at the end of everything. He used to say, he was like, and stuff like that. My God. But that's what happened when the, now David is anointed. And, and just, a, just, just a little review because I already covered this. And we can call this David Part 2. And uh, and then we got all the way to where David now, even though he was anointed in front of his brethren to be king, yet he still had a job to do. And, and they were like, all right, well, go on and go back out there and, and tend those sheep. <laughs> because anointing doesn't mean ready. No, it does not. <laughs> anointing doesn't mean ready. Trying to go through some things before you get to this place where you need to be. Um, there was a gentleman who wrote a book, and I read the book, and 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 I I wrote some books too, of course. But and it's okay to differ in opinion. It's okay sometimes to. Uh, the only thing that we shouldn't differ from is this: as Christians, is salvation is all about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's where your faith stands. Your faith, your Christian faith. And not standing in the cross of Christ, that I don't know what you're doing in. Because you, I can, I can show you right now in the book. That's where our faith stands, according to the book, and it said just like that. That's where your faith stands in that. So what he's saying is, he, and he's saying this. Listen, if Jesus Christ didn't rise from the grave, <laughs> then your faith is vain, your religion is vain, and we are still in our sins, and we are all on our way to hell if he didn't rise from the grave. But because he rose. Because he rose, then we know what the deal is. Listen, let me tell you something. Thank you, Jesus. And you gotta watch yourself because sometimes the enemy will try to take a thought from you while you yet uh, speaking. Because he don't want he don't want you to hear this word. No, he don't. No, he does not. And so we see how now David. Now we review how David was anointed and appointed and he. We covered how he defeated Goliath, the giant Goliath. And he did it by the anointing. Yes, he did. He did it by the power of God. When the whole city, when the whole army was scared, 
of Goliath. There was only one man that wasn't scared. And his name was David. But the reason why he wasn't scared is because he knew, because he was anointed. And it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. So he knew he was not going to be standing in his own strength against Goliath. He knew that he was going to be standing in the power of God. He knew that. He knew exactly what uh, what he had to do to defeat this giant. And defeat the giant through the spirit. Some of you trying to fight giants in your flesh and you can't do it. You're going to have to defeat that giant that you're going through, that you're facing right now through the spirit. There's some giant situations in your life too. Yes, it is. It's, I mean, you're facing a giant on your job. You're facing a giant in your home. You're facing a giant in your church. You're facing a giant in your community. You're facing a giant in your past. You're facing a giant, maybe some of you right now in your present. You know, that, that, you know, that, that alcoholism that you may be struggling with on the DL. Um, uh, different affairs you may be struggling with. Different um, um, addictions you may be struggling with. And you can't tell nobody because everybody is so judgmental instead of prayerful. You really can't tell nobody nowadays. Nobody wants to get in the spirit and help you break that spirit. They want to talk about you on Facebook and post about you. And they're supposed to be pastors and leaders. And, and they're supposed to be church members of different stuff. But everybody now just so, you know, on another level. But it's funny how in the Bible, in the Bible days that when Jesus walked the earth, people would come to Jesus and tell them all the truth because he knew he had the power to deliver them. But nowadays... But that's not a hero day. So David, you know, he, he, he defeats Goliath. And when David defeats Goliath, this giant, now his fame is out there. See, now his popularity. See, anointing will bring you popularity and it can bring you fame. Now, that's not what you're anointed for. You're not anointed for the fame. You're not anointed for the popularity. You're, not, you're anointed uh, to break yokes. But you can get the fame in the process. And David now gets fame. Because people have now heard about him defeating this giant. People have heard about him cutting off the head of this giant. People have heard about him doing what every other man was scared to do. And it's got to be appealing. Oh, we got to be real. I got to be real. This is Jalo Ministries. So I'm going to be real with you. It's going to be appealing. It's going to be appealing to, to men. The anointing will have men wanting to be want, the, the anointing will have men wanting to be you. And the anointing will have women wanting to be with you too. The anointing will have other men wanting to be you. And the anointing will have women wanting to be with you. And that's what happened to David. His fame and his praise went throughout. And, 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 and it'll bring jealousy from other men too. Lord have mercy. And that's what happened to David. When David defeated Goliath, the women made up a song about him. But they made up a song about Saul also. And, and the women began to sing. And it's all about review. And we, I'm not even get to what I want to get to today because I'm reviewing right now. Um, and you'll see in 1 Samuel chapter, uh, I believe it's chapter 17. And... um. How when 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 David had defeated Goliath in chapter seventeen of First Samuel, Lord have mercy. Mm -hmm. And the, how his fame went about everywhere. And then we'll see in First Samuel chapter eighteen, the women had made a song about Saul and David. Now Saul was in the song too. And the, and the Bible says, now watch this, let me read this, let me just read, because you think I'm making this up. 
So I got to review. First Samuel chapter 18, Psalm verse number 5. Let me show you something. And David went out whithersoever Saul sent him, and behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war, and was accepted in the sight of all the people. See what I'm saying? And also in the sight of Saul's servants. See, everybody loved David. And it came to pass, they came when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistines, that the women came out of all cities of Israel. Woo! And not just his church. Not just his neighborhood. Nope. The women came out of all cities of Israel. Nope. <laughs> not just Church of God in Christ, not just Baptists, not just, no, all of them, everybody came out. All, all the women. Can you imagine that? You sitting at home, you married to a woman, here's you going, walking the streets, looking for David, talking about, well, that's another story, I'm not going to I'm, I'm go there. And it came to pass, so they came when, when David returned from the sword of the fields of Austin, and the women came out of all the cities, they were watching singing and dancing. They, they came out, they were singing and dancing. To meet King Saul with tabrets and with joy and with instruments of music. Watch this. And the women answered one another and they played and said, Saul have slain his thousands. That's what they said. They said, Saul don't slain his thousands. And David his ten thousands. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that, is it? That was the song. They had, they had the instruments going. They had a band together. They don't came out of every city. They said Saul has killed his thousands now. He's slain his thousands. And David, his ten thousand. I can see it said, but David is no. See, if they would have said but David, that'd have been a diss to me because but is like kind of like a, a in spite of or like or like it's greater than or whatever. But and you know and just and also this you know it's just adding on to what's going on. And David is ten thousands. And watch this what happened. See, the anointing will make people jealous of you. Let me show you something. And Saul was very raw. Saul was raw. Saul was angry at the song. And the saying displeased him. He was raw. He was angry. He was displeased. And said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands. And to me, they have ascribed but thousands. And what can he have more than a kingdom? See, the insecurity of men. The insecurity of men will, will get you every time. Your insecurity will get you every time. It don't matter what another man has. Don't matter what somebody else is saying about another man. Listen, don't you know that another man can have more members than you? They don't mean that man greater than you. <laughs> you don't understand. It's not about numbers. What is going on? It's not about numbers. You know that, don't you know that John the Baptist had a church in the he was just a man in the wilderness. He was a man in the wilderness with camel hair on and and Jesus said he wasn't like Isaiah and Jeremiah's and all the, and Jesus said, Hey, out of all the prophets born of women, there's not risen, risen one greater than John the Baptist. Oh, wait a minute. What about Elijah, Lord? What about Elijah when he was caught in our fire down from heaven? What about him? No, uh uh, nope. Nope. Nope, nothing. Are you sure it ain't Elisha, Lord? It's gotta be Elisha, right? Because Elisha you know, he, he risen up, raising dead. He's doing different things. He, nope. God said, no, 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 no. Mm -mm. Out of men born and women, there's not risen a greater prophet as John the Baptist. Why is it? He prophesied about me and he's seen it come to pass. 
the great prophets are prophesying about Jesus. What we considering great. See, what we considering great, we got to catch ourselves and watch ourselves. Lord have mercy. So it don't matter what another man has. It don't matter what you, you what you insecure about, what you scared about. What's, what's wrong with you? Saul got insecure. Saul and Saul was displeased because they had said David had kidnapped his thoughts. To me, listen, he said, well, this man going to have a kingdom. And Saul eyed David from that day forward. He eyed David. He, he viewed him with suspicion. And it came to pass as a moral that an evil spin out. That's what happened. And that's what happened with him. Listen, I don't have time to go out. I'm about to um, get into some more of this later on. And that's how um, Saul became jealous of David. He became envious of David because of the anointing. Mm -hmm. And because in, in the, now, now Saul is, 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 is thinking of a way to kill David. You get what I'm saying? Because he can't kill this character. At this point. Mm -hmm. I know what I was going to say. Thank you, Jesus. I was reading a book. I'm not going to say what the name of the book was. I was reading a book. And it was an assignment in church. You know. And um, they, they gave the, an assignment to all the ministers. They had to read this, this book about David. That a gentleman wrote. Nicely written. You know. I'm, you know like I said. You can, uh, we can have differences in opinion. And different doctrine. Different things. No doubt. But we can't have no difference in opinion about Jesus. We got to believe on him. And um, the gentleman was, he was basically saying that um, how David started off in the sheepfold. And he was saying that everything that David went through before he was, everything that David, even though he was, David was anointed to be king. Of course, we knew he didn't become king until like 13 years later. But they were saying that um, everything that David was had went through in those 13 years was worked on his character and it prepared him for you know I mean it had him gave him better character now I'm thinking about it you know who knows what would happen if David would have immediately went to the kingdom you know that's and when David got anointed at 17 to be king who who knows what would have happened if David would have immediately got into the kingdom that same day you know okay I have if, if, if you're going that route and you're saying that then you say, okay, well, at such a young age, David would have really messed some things up. Okay, I understand what you're saying. But there has been kings that have been anointed at eight years old and became king. But you got to read your Bible to find that out. But what he was saying was is that everything David went through um, for those 13 years, it worked on his character. So when he got um, in the kingdom, actual kingdom, he had great moral character. And I said, wait a minute. I'm thinking, wait a minute. Because David didn't start messing up until he actually got into the kingdom. <laughs> when, when David came, now I'm getting ahead of myself, but you're going to see this later on because I'm going through this whole you know thing. And, and you will see that he made some major mistakes when he actually was in the kingdom. So how can, can all that stuff that he was going through, you know, Prepare him for great moral character. I'm like, it doesn't, you know, I mean, if we're, gonna, if we're describing characters, great moral character, I'm like, it doesn't really make any sense. But all right, well, whatever. We can just go with you, you know. Sometimes I think, though, we take popular people in the Bible and and we may write a book about them. And, but we know that book will sell because it's David. Because he's a known character. But when we have to talk about Joseph, we had to, we, but we kind of pump our brakes. Um, Joseph was a man that became um, 
the second ruler in the kingdom of Egypt, even though he was Hebrew. Now watch this. That was a man you would think that, well, everything he been through made him a great moral character. You get what I'm saying? Because when he got there, he turned down a lot of things that David, you know, indulged in. But anyway, that's not a hill or there. Listen, but that's in a way of review about um David. I don't have time to get into I'm I'm, I'm going to get into maybe some more stuff tomorrow. But this is called David Part 2 in a way of review because we want to set some things up to how we're going to see how Saul in the times come. How he's trying to kill David. How he's trying to take over the kingdom. How he's trying to make sure that David doesn't become king. We're going to see how Saul. There's a lot of people right now that are trying to stop you from fulfilling your destiny. And these are the people that's not you, who you think. It is not really um, the outside forces that try to keep you from becoming what God has called you to be. It's usually... People sitting right there in the pews in the church or somebody sitting in the pulpit that may actually sometimes try to stop you from becoming what all has God called you to be because they are intimidated by you. Woo! But you're going to have to learn how to be humble and be still and know that it's not by power, not by might, but by my spirit. Uh, says the Lord. Listen, if it's a word, then I must have did it. And it's not, then I wasn't with it. Stay committed. Lord God, we thank you right now for your word. And we thank you right now for your will and your way. Bless your people today in Jesus' name. Amen.